0: You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. Stuff happens. Stuff has certainly happened to both the UK economy and the government's fiscal position. What Alistair Darling delivered on Monday was not a pre-budget report, but a full crisis budget. He scrapped the hallowed rules of Gordon Brown, his predecessor. Profligacy has replaced prudence as the watchword. But... The Chancellor would insist it is profligacy with a purpose. The government's aim is to restore confidence in the economy, but it is taking a huge gamble on its ability to sustain the confidence of investors. I believe it is right to do so, but nobody can know. The risk that these monstrous fiscal deficits with public sector net borrowing forecast at 8% of gross domestic product in 2008-09, falling to 2.9% only in 2013-14, will trigger a sterling crisis. A big sell-off of UK government debt, or both, is not small. The decision to raise the top rate of tax to 45% for the first time in two decades is also symbolic. If 45% today, why not 50% tomorrow? This is now a different country. Certainly the report failed to admit either how far the crisis has domestic roots or how far past policies of this very government explain the enormity of the fiscal position. The UK did not have to enjoy a huge housing boom financed in large part by wholesale financial markets, nor did the UK have to enter the downturn with such huge fiscal deficits, even if the debt position itself Not too bad. Also worrying is the failure to admit that the economic position has been transformed. The economy is now being forced through a structural shift from soaring household borrowing, a booming housing market, a bloated financial sector and rapidly growing public spending towards higher savings and current account surpluses. The UK has enjoyed the fat years. Now may come as many as seven lean ones. It is unclear from the Chancellor's speech that the government truly understands the challenge. But the planned real growth of current government spending, at 1.2% a year, is at least a step in the right direction. The forecasts are, of course, not worth the paper they are written on. Nobody's now are. The Treasury expects recovery from the third quarter of next year as lower commodity prices and interest rates, along with a fiscal boost, start to work. The economy is expected to contract by only between three quarters of a percent and one and a quarter percent in 2009, and then to grow at one and a half to two percent in 2010. This looks optimistic, given the scale of recent shocks. The frightening possibility is that the Chancellor is still understating the deficits ahead. Net borrowing for 2009-10 is expected to be 5.5 percentage points higher than was forecast in the budget. It could end up much higher still. These forecasts, then, are a gamble within a gamble. A gamble squared, perhaps. So how does the government expect this to work out? The cyclically adjusted current budget is forecast to reach a deficit of 4.4% of GDP in 2009-10, against an actual deficit of 5.3%, and is not expected to return to balance until 2015-16. That is so far in the future as to be almost irrelevant. Cyclically adjusted net borrowing is forecast to fall slowly from 7.2% of GDP in 2009-10 to 2% in 2014-15. This then is red ink as far as the eye can see. Net debt, far from staying below 40% of GDP, as laid down by Mr Brown, is expected to be 57% in 2012-13. The overwhelming part of these deficits is structural, not cyclical. That looks right in view of the shocks both to the sustainable level of GDP and the fiscal revenue that any given GDP might generate. This is in any case the cautious approach. How then does the government expect to reduce the deficits, since cyclical recovery alone will by definition do relatively little? Between 2009-10 and 2013-14, current receipts are forecast to jump from 36.2% of GDP to 38.6%, thereby restoring all the reduction between 2007-8 and next year, while total spending is forecast to fall from 44.2% to 41.5%. So both blades are the scissors. Higher taxes and... Still more, lower spending will be at work in the years ahead. Will this approach work? The question breaks into two parts. Will the government get away with it, and will it secure the recovery it seeks? On neither point can there be any certainty. Yet when monetary policy does not work very well, the fiscal route seems a bet worth taking. Still more important in the short term will be successfully persuading or forcing banks to lend but even that can only be a partial answer. Nobody who looks at the UK economy today can seriously believe that the answer is much more debt. For this reason, the fiscal boost may fail to persuade people to spend. After all, they do need to save. The era of soaring borrowing and the associated boom in finance is surely over. The government should indeed act as borrower of last resort at this traumatic time but the aim cannot be to tide the economy over until households start borrowing madly again. For the same reason, attempts to pump up the mortgage market, however understandable, are largely misguided. No sane person would borrow to buy houses when those prices are so likely to fall. Even if the government does get away with its heroic gamble, the longer-term path of the economy must be quite different from that of recent years. Do the government or the British people understand the full implications of such a shift? I doubt it. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash